Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to another edition of the Believe in Monsters podcast, a show part of the Lounge Room Network right here, right on, t- right on, uh, right part of the Lounge Room Network. Uh, right off the top, before we get going tonight, I want to let you know that our program is brought to you by One Call Technology, and we got a fun show tonight. So uh, keep up with the show everywhere you can get this stream. We're streaming at Monsters Lounge and at Lounge Room Net on the Twitter machine. And uh, anywhere else that you can get your podcast, Lucas will put that up a little bit later, I'm sure. Uh, speaking of Lucas and my friend, uh, my co-host, you can find him on the Twitter machine at lberry 40 We're very excited to uh, present another episode of the Believe in Monsters podcast. We've got a big episode planned for tonight. We've got the uh, network president joining us tonight, Juan Gutierrez. You can find him at BearsFanatico94, and he has hooked us up with a Chicago Bears football giant, uh, Mr. Aaron Lemming, is uh, joining us tonight, and he uh, he writes for Chicago, uh, CBS Sports and uh, the Bear Report, as well as Windy City Gridiron, and uh, you know him from all, pretty much probably seen him anywhere on Twitter if you like the Chicago Bears, so it is our great honor to welcome him. Uh, I know you're a little under the weather tonight, so we appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and Juan, thank you for setting this up. We're really excited to uh, have you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Always, always look forward to talking Bears, man. Especially now they got Justin Fields. I mean, this there's a lot more optimism to talk about, right? Absolutely. I just uh, Justin Fields has got the the fan base lit up. Uh, my man uh, Lucas actually uh, hooked me up a couple weeks ago. He said, "I'm sending you a jersey. Just be on the lookout." And uh, lo and behold, I've got me a new uh, Justin Fields jersey in the mail yesterday. So I was uh, uh, more than excited on draft night, and it, the excitement continues to build. Uh, and we're just excited to talk Bears. Uh, seems like it's been about a year and change since there has been something to be excited about, uh, and we're just. Uh, actually looking forward to 2021. Uh, if you want to start with Justin Fields, 
my, my biggest question right now, uh, besides my, 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 my excitement, uh, I'll, I'll get into just, just a thought is, uh, I wonder when we can get into this as a whole, what, uh, how, how the bears will be different, uh, handling Mike Lennon, like when they handle Mike Lennon's turnover to Mitchell Trubisky versus what they're going to do with Andy Dalton to, to, to Justin Fields this year. So, uh, before we get into that, I should have uh, asked Lucas and Juan how they're doing it and said hello. Uh, I'm just very excited tonight. So, Luke, what's up, man? How's it going? Dude, it's going great. Uh, the weather's very beautiful where I'm at up here, uh, up near Boston. It's about 78 degrees today, uh, sunny, clear sky. So, can't complain. Uh, just like you said, itching for this football season. And I'll uh, I'll kick it right over to Juan. Juan, how you doing, man? You know, I'm doing great. It is a beautiful day in Milwaukee, 70 degrees out, no humidity. Uh, something that, Aaron, I know you're down in Texas. I know you probably uh, deal with this excruciating heat on a daily basis. But up here in Milwaukee right now, it is beautiful, uh, sunny out. I mean, it, it's great. The White Sox won today, so that makes my uh, my day even better. But, yeah, we're doing good. And, again, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. I yeah, really thank appreciate you. it. And, Absolutely. you know, I look forward to a uh, an awesome discussion here about the, uh, of course, our, our hometown team, the Chicago Bears. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you guys are enjoying the weather. Uh, <laughs> not, not so much the same here in Dallas, but you know what? If it's under 100 degrees, I can't complain too much. So, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Looking forward to, looking forward to talking some Bears. Sweet shirt, by the way. I'm loving that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I just, I basically, I, I didn't even change that my work attire, man. I made dinner and <clears throat> jumped on this thing. So, gotta, you know, always gotta have the flashy flamingos. I don't even, I don't even know, dude. I don't even know how this happened. I, I thought there was something else in Old Navy, and this showed up. I'm like, all right, it works. So here we are. I feel like flamingos are a can't miss move. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm say, man. So you kind of can't miss me regardless, especially at work. So, you know, this is just kind of adding to the the lore of, of me, I guess. I don't even know at this point, man. I'm just drawing attention <laughs> myself for apparent reason. I love it. So yeah, Joe, Joe, what, what were you going to ask? Uh, what were we going to ask our, our fine guest here? Uh, you know, I know you got really excited. What, what were you going to uh, ask? Him? Sorry, uh, well, you know, I think we, we have in the past talked about how excited we are about Justin Fields, and I'm sure that the fan base is pretty much in agreement. Those, those drinking the Kool-Aid, which uh, we certainly are here. Um, the biggest issue, and Luke has been on been on record saying, "Oh, they're going to start in week one," and then obviously we all know what happened uh, the week prior with uh, with with Nagy going going on the Chris Collinsworth shows, and oh, there's and it being reported, oh, there's no way, and then there was a little more to that. It makes me think about how the Bears are going to handle uh, the transition, the inevitable transition between Andy Dalton and uh, and Justin Fields, and how they handled it if for four years prior uh, with Mike Lennon and Mitchell Trubisky. They, 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 Mike Lennon basically became inept, and so they had to throw him in there. Uh, Aaron, Aaron in, in, based off your knowledge, how what do you what do you think uh, the differences will be th- this go around with, with a veteran quarterback turning it over to a rookie uh, that will inevitably happen? Well, I think, you know, and I, it's funny you actually asked about that because I put out a piece on the Bear Report today kind of talking about exactly that and how I think the big thing to kind of keep in mind here, right, is that quarterback development is not linear. It's just not. It's not going to be the same for every quarterback. So, you know, people can sit here and talk about how, you know, Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for all but one game. The reality of it was is that Kansas City was an 11-win team that year. So, 
I don't think, and again, you know, not to try to be negative here, but I don't think the Bears have the talent to, to win 11 games unless Aaron Rodgers is somehow not playing. So we're not talking about the same situation. Uh, you know, and then when you kind of go back four years of the whole Mike Lennon situation, and I think that's where, as fans, I think that we kind of have to adjust our thinking, right? Because that year, and trust me, I was part of that. I mean, I was at training camp that year. I watched, you know, all three quarterbacks, including Mark Sanchez. It's still weird to think that Mark Sanchez is point, but – you know, going back and looking at it, my focus was more that Trubisky looked better than Glennon. But the reality was is that Glennon was terrible. I mean, he was terrible in, in camp. He was terrible in preseason. He was terrible in the regular season. So I, I think that the, the overall thought process has to change here in terms of it can't just be, you know, is he better than Andy Dalton? It needs to be, is he developing and does he look like he's ready to start an NFL game? Now, I love Justin Fields. I mean, my girlfriend's a big Ohio State fan. We have a dog named Buckley. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. I've seen plenty of Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a really good quarterback. I'm really excited about it. But I, I think that the Bears' cautious approach could pay dividends. And it's it's a situation where I look at this and say – you can't damage a quarterback by sitting him too long or not starting him soon enough, right? That's just not a thing. I mean, if anything, it just make, makes it to where fans just want to see him more, whatever it is. But you can develop, you can damage the development of a quarterback or a player as a whole by throwing him out there too soon. And I think that's exactly what the Bears are going to try to avoid doing. And again, I don't think this is going to be a situation where we're looking at week 18, I guess, this year or 17 or 18, depending on you know where you want to look at it in the last game or two of the season where – you know, Justin Fields is going to get his one or two starts of the year. I don't think it'll be that. But I also don't think that Andy Dalton is nearly as bad as what Mike Lennon is. So I think really this is going to be an exercise of patience for Bears fans for one. But I also think it's going to be an exercise of just going through and really looking at what Justin Fields is doing, right? I mean, there was reports that he looked really good, but at the same time, he still botched some center exchanges. You know, that's the kind of stuff, even just the rudimentary stuff of getting in and out of the huddle, making sure guys are lined up right, being able to take snaps from behind center. Those are all the very basic things. And then obviously, you know, unlike Trubisky, then you want to see how some of this other stuff is going to translate from the college and NFL level. So I think it's going to be a multi-layer thing, but I think again, and trust me, I want to see Justin Fields too. I don't, I don't want to see any adult start a game. I don't think any of uh, any of us want to see any adult start a game, but at the same time, it needs to be fully about Justin Fields. It doesn't matter if they go into preseason in, in the camp and he looks better than, you know, if he looks better than Andy Dalton, great. But if he still doesn't look like he's ready to go, then I think that's kind of where it's at. So, you know, it's not really a straightforward answer, but ultimately I think it's just going to take some patience. And ultimately I think we're going to know. I think we're going to know in the preseason where they stand. I wouldn't rule out him starting week one, but I do think it's pretty unlikely. But I do think we're going to have a pretty good idea by the time these three games end in preseason where exactly he's at. <laughs> I was, yeah, I mean, I was gonna, go ahead go ahead look <laughs> uh, well I, I just wanted to follow up on, on that question kind of with your response I mean um, based on what you just said do you think you know is Matt Nagy going to subconsciously make this season more about Justin Fields than winning like you know just if you if you put Andy Dalton out there you're almost conceding that your team is a fringe playoff team or might not make it. And you're, you, you know, you're, you're more worried about developing Justin Fields. So with that logic, you know, is Matt Nagy going into the season subconsciously knowing that, you know, he might not make the playoffs with this decision? Well, I, I think, and again, I think that's another one of those answers where at least to me, logically, again, the bears not always logical. So I guess we'll have to see that. <laughs> but I think it's one of those things when you allow, Ryan Fields to trade Ryan Fields. Wow, Ryan Pace to trade <laughs> up to number number eleven overall. 
trade your first round pick for next year and go up and grab uh, Justin Fields. I think basically what you're telling your, basically your regime here with your GM, your coaching staff, everything is you guys have a little bit more time than what everybody thinks. I think going into this off season, a lot of us, or at least me thought that, you know, at least Ryan Pace should have been gone. Obviously he's not. But when you give him a rookie quarterback, especially to this stature, you can't just say, okay, if you don't win, if you don't make the playoffs this year, you guys are gone. Because as we've seen in years past, when you when you take a quarterback this high, development's huge, right? I mean, it's not just one of those things. It's not like they're going to throw Justin Fields out and all of a sudden he's going to be the best quarterback in the league. He's going to be fully developed and there's nothing to worry about. I mean, the development of a quarterback goes on for quite some time. Not everybody's Patrick Mahomes. Not everybody works out that way. So... I, to me, unless they really bomb the season, which I don't think they will, I think you've got to give Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy at least one more year. You've got to give them some sort of continuity, especially Justin Fields, because that's where the focus needs to be at. So, I, you know, kind of going back to Matt Nagy and how he's going to approach this year, I, I think there's going to be a large focus on Justin Fields, obviously, because, I mean, this is the guy that is either going to make or break your job. Ryan Pace has had multiple chances at getting the quarterback position right, I'm honestly shocked he got another one. Yet here we are. So it, it's a situation where I think Matt Nagy has to have enough patience here, right, to say, okay, at some point in time we're going to go to Justin Fields again. I'm not buying that he's sitting out the year. I don't think anybody's buying that he's sitting out the year. But at the same time, it's key not to rush him. So I think really what this is going to come down to, and I think the overall evaluation of this team is going to come down to when Justin Fields starts playing games, which to me I'm still assuming that it's going to be in the first half of the year, what does the team look like after that? And this is something that I've personally had the, the mindset of is I'm not focused on the Bears going to the playoffs in 2021 because the reality of it is even if they get in the playoffs, it's it's more likely going to be a situation like it was last year. They're going to go into the playoffs. First round next. That's going to be it, yeah. right? So the, the, the future is Justin Fields. The future is the development of Justin Fields. Now, if he comes in and he looks terrible and things fall apart, then maybe Matt and Ryan Pace are gone. But I think – that they're going to have enough patience and I think they have enough of a leash to where, yes, a lot of the focus is going to be on Justin Fields behind the scene and obviously they're still going to try to win games, but I think there's going to be a longer leash and there's going to be an adjusted set of expectations versus, you know, just a win-loss record. Yeah, and I mean, after this season, the uh, so the Bears have, like, I think 39 pending free agents after this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how kind of Ryan Pace addresses, you know, how this season goes and what he does in the off season, because he's going to have a lot of decisions to make. Um, it, obviously if he's still here, but like we said, if, if he was given the kind of leeway to draft a new quarterback, we believe he's going to be here. So Ryan Pace is going to have to put together a, basically a whole new roster next year in free agency. Um, and based on what they see from Justin Fields, I mean, they're, they're going to be able to kind of build a team around him, um, which is pretty interesting. But um, I, I mean, what, what do you think about this? you know, next year's off season with the bears having so many free agents and, and what that means, uh, just oh, kind of moving forward the franchise. I think you bring up a good point. You know, it, it's, it's a situation where moving into this off season, the bears made this entire off season about getting the quarterback, right? They've got the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Now they've got a cheap quarterback for the next ultimately five years, because obviously if it feels pans out, you're going to exercise a fifth year option. Regardless of the fact that fifth year option is going to be much cheaper than anything that you would give, you know, a long term quarterback at this point, right? So you look at how they approach this offseason, and really, and it's funny, I was just looking at this earlier. It's like they didn't spend a lot of money because they didn't have a lot of money to spend. But then next year, when you're looking at it, 
they're going to have, I think it, depending on the projection of the cap, which I think over the cap has it right about, I think it's 205 million right now, which seems like a decently safe bet. Uh, they're going to have right around 36, 37 million. And that's not counting any rollover that they have this year, which will virtually be, I guess, three, maybe 4 million. So you're probably looking at right around 40 million, right? And that's not counting any of the cuts. Uh, a guy like Robert Quinn, hopefully they do not restructure his deal at this point. <laughs> It's no sense to do it. Um, you know, so if you, if you don't restructure that deal, if you find a way to trade Nick Foles, and I think that's actually another big thing moving into next offseason, is if you can find a way to unload Foles before the season starts, not only are you releasing a little bit of money this year, which isn't really going to count that much, but next year, all of a sudden, you got $10 million coming off the books. You know, so all of a sudden, that guarantee that he would have next year, which I think is like four or five million, goes away. So, it, it's it's about obviously trying to position themselves and then obviously without their first round pick, that's going to be another issue where they're going to have to find ways to add talent, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball and still make the team competitive. And then you look at the defensive side and, you know, a lot, I know a lot of the focus is offensively and, you know, with Justin Fields, the offensive line, what are they going to do with Allen Robinson? But if you look at the defense side of the ball, there's some decent holes there too. And I, I think my personal feeling is I think a lot of people are going to be shocked uh, at how, different this defense is this year not just because of Sean Desai but because of how much talent they've lost over the last few years and how much these guys are aging I mean Akeem Hicks is going to be a free agent after the year is over with as long as they don't move anything with Robert Quinn assuming he doesn't have some fantastic year I'm going to assume that he's gone too so again you're starting to kind of lose that talent on the defense side of the ball so it's going to be about trying to find smart moves within free agency because things start opening up 2022 and beyond, you know, more 2023, but things really start opening up for them. And that's kind of got to be the focus. Cause again, when you have, especially on the offensive side of the ball, when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, like you're going to have Justin Fields, you can afford to pay a guy like Allen Robinson. Hopefully they get that done. I'm not overly optimistic, but you can start spending money on the offensive side of the ball. But I think at least to me, and this is my personal opinion, I think that the Bears need to be more wise in terms of how they use the resources this time around. If you look at the rebuild from, you know, 2000, what, 2015 on with Ryan Pace or 16, whatever it was, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on numbers right now, but you get my point. So when he started that rebuild and when he finally got the team together in 2018, if you really look at the overall expenditures and the money and everything else that he sunk in, a lot of that was on the defense side of the ball. I mean, you can still look at it this year in terms of the balance between offense and defense in terms of the cap hits. And they're spending a ton of money on the defensive side of the ball and not a ton on the offense. And my concern is moving forward is you don't want to start doing that on the offense side of the ball, because as you see, after a while, if you don't sink money and resources into, you know, one of the, one of the sides of the ball, then all of a sudden you're going to have a bad unit. And that's exactly what we've seen with the bears offense as of, you know, the last three or four years. And that's exactly what we could see with the bears defense if they're not smart. So they're going to have more flexibility. That is a nice thing. Obviously, you know, you'd like to have your first round draft picks, your second round draft picks and your third. And obviously they're going to have to deal a little bit with that. And I hope Ryan Pace gets creative and maybe stops trading up a little bit and starts to move back a little bit and pick up some picks there. But uh, things will open up next year. It's just going to be very interesting to see how they handle some of this. Because, again, Allen Robinson is a guy that they could extend, that they could somehow find a way to, you know, kind of lighten the cap hits up and kind of backload things because of this TV deal. I mean, they're going to have a ton of the, – the, the cap's going to jump substantially over the next few years. So you're trying to survive until it can get back to that point where things were growing before, which is a, I want to say is about 10 to $12 million every year. But the Bears will have more flexibility next year, which is great because as of right now, teams like Minnesota, teams like uh, – Green Bay are both in cap hell, especially Green Bay. I mean, they got a lot of situations to figure out even without Aaron Rodgers on the team. So 
this could be a prime opportunity for the Bears. And again, over these next four or five years, the Bears absolutely have to capitalize on having a rookie quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie deal. So just to be sure, you are on the extend Allen Robinson train. Oh, 100%. That is, okay, good. Just, want, just wanted to make sure, you know, because a lot of people aren't. I mean, just just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> to, well, to as confirm. you see, man, this is Chicago. Receivers don't grow on trees here. They usually come to die in Chicago. So it's like you get a guy like Allen Robinson, 27 years old, and you extend him. Even if you extend him and you make the money to where things kind of fall off right around the time that Darnell Mooney becomes a free agent, then great, do it. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't, that's the one thing I don't understand, and especially with Justin Fields now. They got to bridge that gap. They got to get something figured out because it makes zero sense to let, in my opinion, one of the top receivers in the game go, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for essentially two or $3 million a year difference between, you know, the two teams and what they're, you know, or the two sides and what the, you know, the valuation is between them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just. I, I was going to ask you a question, but I we actually just got a question in the live stream here. So, uh, Bear for forty one life or four life, does Foles get traded within the next few weeks or during midseason if or when an injury happens? That's a good question. I part of me wonders, and I, I don't know why I have this feeling, but part of me wonders if because Nick Foles has somewhat of a, you know, a, some sort of clause or some sort of power within his contract where he didn't have to get traded anywhere. So part of me wonders, and again, complete speculation on my part, but part of me wonders if he's completely cool being the QB three for the next two seasons, raking in the, the last, what is it? You know, uh, I want to say it's like $16 million in guaranteed money or whatever it is, somewhere close to that and calling it a day. I mean, what, what, what's stopping him from that? I think, if the Bears have an opportunity to trade Nick Foles, I think they will. I think even if they have to give up a future sixth or seventh round pick, I think they're willing to do it. Because, like I said, I mean, not only does it release three or it's three or four million. I don't have I don't have uh, over the cap in front of me right now, but it's three or four million this year. But the big thing is it releases ten million dollars next year. So, I think if the Bears can make the move and Nick Foles is willing to go there, I think it it absolutely happen. I think the one team that makes the most sense right now is the Jets. I don't think any team in the league, even last year, I don't think any team in the league is is uh, looking at him and saying, "Oh, this is a starting quarterback." But he's also a quality veteran to have. He's a good dude. You know, he's won a Super Bowl. He he has you know he has what it takes to be a, a good backup quarterback and a good uh, mentor for you know a young quarterback, but. I don't know, man. I I wish I could say definitively one way or another, but there's something telling me that there's 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 just I don't know. There's just something that's that's holding this up more than just they can't find a suitor. Because I think if it was just finding a suitor, I think a team like the Jets would make a ton of sense. And who knows? You know, like like the question pointed out, maybe an injury happens and maybe they go to him. But again, I think Nick Foles is going to be viewed more as a backup and a quality leader for a young quarterback than he is going to be some guy that you want to sign or trade for and then bring in and, and start right away. Aaron, well, to, to your point real quick, I mean, just to me, it's, I think it's like more of a game of chicken. I mean, he's sitting on the Bears depth chart as QB3. I mean, teams know he's not going to pass Justin Fields, and they know Andy Dalton's the quote-unquote starter for now. So, like, you know, why would a team like the Jets give up something of value for him if, you know, if they know he's just sitting there and the Bears are kind of desperate to give him away? So it really is just a game of chicken and and who's, you know, Who's going to blink first? Is it going to be Ryan Pace just trying to get rid of the guy, or is he going to hold on to him until the team gets desperate? So um, well, I'll, I'll let Juan read the next honestly, question. I'm not sold that it's it's Ryan Pace not wanting to get rid of him. I, I think it's more of a lack of suitors or a lack of Nick Foles wanting to go somewhere because 
it doesn't make any sense to have somebody like Nick Foles on the roster, period. Because not only right. is he tying the money, but he's signing up a roster spot. I mean, that 53rd, and granted, it's not overly important, but that 53rd spot could be going to a DB, a receiver, an offensive lineman, somebody more valuable than a third quarterback, which hardly any teams keep a third quarterback on the active roster. But if you cut him, you lose money, so you can't do it. There was a there was another question that popped up here. Uh, what would it take for the Bears to deal him though? And by him, of course, Nick Foles, uh, third round, second round. Um, no, any, you know, any any perspective on that? Yeah, I, I honestly, man, I I think that you could see, obviously not to the extent of you know Brock Osweiler, because I think they I think the Brown was it the Browns. I can't even remember who traded whoever traded Brock. Maybe it was the Broncos to the Browns. I can't even remember. I. Either I've way, been the Dolphins they, too. They I don't know. They, they gave a second or third round pick just to deal with him. And obviously the Bears aren't in that kind of situation. This isn't nearly the kind of thing. But I'm telling you, man, I think if the if the Bears can get a 2023 or 2024 seventh round pick at this point, I think that the overall value of having that cap space and not having that roster spot tied up is going to be a good thing. But I mean, just look at what the Bears gave up last year. They gave up a fourth-round pick, and that was when he was still somewhat respected in the league and, and kind of you know looked at as, oh, well, he just won a Super Bowl two years ago, and it's like, we saw him last year. He's not that same guy. He's, I mean, obviously the Bears value him so little that they went out and not only signed Andy Dalton because they did not want him starting, uh, but they went out and drafted Justin Fields. So I think that the overall value in terms of how they view him is probably somewhat of if we can get rid of him let's get rid of him so if they do make a deal i would expect nothing more than a seventh round pick and frankly i don't think it would be a seventh round pick for 2000 what would be 2022 draft so i wouldn't expect anything of worth at this point if they can get rid of him and save that money that that is a big value in its own I want to ask you about a little bit something else, which is, of course, uh, another big news story relating to the Bears. And it's this whole hype about relocating Soldier Field from downtown Chicago to Arlington Heights, Illinois. <laughs> um, today, we had Roger Goodell on 670 to score up here in Chicago. And I'm, I'm going to quote him. He said, quote, we have a long lease at Soldier Field. It's a great place, but we're all looking to the long term and trying to look at alternatives, and that's what the Bears are doing. Is Roger Goodell encouraging this move? Is he staying neutral? Is he, I mean, what, I guess in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things, you know, uh, adding to that question, right, are you in favor of Soldier Field getting moved? from where it's at right now on the lakeshore, Lake Michigan, downtown Chicago, out to the suburbs about 20 miles away to the Northwest. Well, let me just first say, I'm not a local here, right? So I wanna make that perfectly clear just so everybody understands that in terms of the location, it doesn't impact me at all, right? If I go to a game, I'm flying in from Dallas. It doesn't really, like there's not much of an impact for me. So I don't wanna speak on the local side of things. What I will say is this, Soldier Field's tiny. Let's just be honest. Soldier Field's tiny. You're talking about one of the charter franchises in the NFL. Not being able to host a Super Bowl, not being able to get 80,000 fans in the stands because their, their stadium simply will not allow it. So I, I think in terms of the logistics and in terms of the finance aspect, I think it makes all sense in the world for the Bears to have a bigger stadium with a retractable roof because then you can host World Cups, you can, you can host Super Bowls, you can host – you know, virtually whatever the hell you want to do, whatever you want to do, right? So I think from that perspective, it makes a ton of sense. And again, keep in mind, I mean, out here in Dallas, it's like I've been to Jerry World. I've been to AT&T Stadium. That, that stadium holds 100,000 people. 
it's it's a fantastic stadium and obviously it doesn't need to be something that nice but you kind of get the point where it's like anytime Dallas wants to host a Super Bowl, they can throw their name in the ring versus the Bears where you're looking at a situation where their stadium isn't big enough. And because of when the Super Bowl is played and because of the weather, it's just not going to happen. So I think financially, and the fact is, is I don't think the McCaskies are going to hold on to this franchise for too much longer. Sorry, I get a little a little congested here. So if I start getting a little lazily, that's why. But No, we, we don't judge. We don't judge at all. Yeah, just, I, I, <laughs> it's I, all I good. I hear myself getting a little weird sounding again. You know, <laughs> we go. But, all good. Yeah, so it's just, again, I don't have a great perspective on it just because I don't have strong feelings in terms of whether they play in Chicago, whether they play in Arlington Heights. Uh, The one thing I will say and the argument I've seen made a few times, which makes zero sense to me, is when people talk about, well, they can't be called the Chicago Bears if they play in Arlington Heights. It's like, well, if you look at the majority, I shouldn't say the majority, but if you look at a decent you know, amount of NFL franchises, they don't actually play in there. You know, the Dallas Cowboys play in Arlington. You know, the New York Jets and Giants actually play in New Jersey. You know, the San Francisco 49ers play in Santa Clara. Like, there's a ton of different teams that don't actually play in the, you know, in the the place of their name. So mm-hmm. I, I think it makes all the sense in the world. And I think ultimately what could make a lot of sense for the Bears, especially if they are looking for new ownership, which ultimately I think they're going to at some point in time is, You buy this land up, you package it in a deal, and you figure out what you want to do with it. The lease, uh, you know, 2033 or whatever it was, the grand scheme of things, the Bears can make a ton more money by having more fans in the stands and being able to host whatever events they want. It's like the first year that they're open, they're going to have the Super Bowl. I mean, let's just be honest. If that was to be the case, then that is what it is. So financially, and especially for new owners that aren't quite as old school as the McCaskies and, you know, more business savvy owners are going to want the ability to be able to host whatever they want and have more fans. It just makes all the sense in the world. So I think it's, I think one way or another, and again, I don't know the logistics of what can happen in Chicago to make things better, but one way or another, I mean, you've got to be able to get this to a retractable roof. You've got to be able to get it to 80, 85,000 people and, and really kind of get what the times in terms of what the rest of these teams are offering, especially with these new age stadiums. That's a really, that's a really interesting perspective, you know, because you, you get so much back and forth from both sides of the aisle on this, right? You know, you have those people who are adamant, AKA Luke, who want that uh, Lake Michigan view, who want the weather, the, the, weather, the, 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 the skyline, you know, in the background, the backdrop, uh, the open, you know, the, the, the snow falling in the middle of December, or late November. But then you have those other people who are like, no, we need something bigger, more modern, out in the suburbs, uh, that's more accessible, a.k.a. me. I'm one of those people, right? Uh, so it's – it's. <laughs> well, I, I don't understand what the issue is with just relocating out to a more accessible uh, Chicago suburb. I mean, it's I don't think that's a big deal. I mean, you're still in – you're still within the, the, the Chicagoland metro. I mean, you're not leaving the entire state. You're not – you know, you're not moving the stadium 200-some miles south to the capital of, you know, uh, Springfield, Illinois, or whatever it is down there. So, I personally, I have no issue with, you know, with moving the stadium. I think that if – like you said, Aaron, if you can get more – uh, more events to be held in there, you know, more sporting events, indoor soccer, uh, you know, whatever else you can possibly throw in a in a big, large sports venue. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think I can I can see both sides again, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe if I lived in Chicago, I would have a different feeling on it. You know, and that's kind of where I'm like, I kind of bow out of it. I look at it as if this is a way for the Bears ownership and organization to make more money 
then you're not going to be running into those years where they're just cash broke. You know, they may have cap space, but they're not able to, you know, be able to do contracts a certain way. I think a lot of people forget, even going back to the 2018 offseason, where, you know, the McCaskies actually had to agree to, you know, basically give the Bears all the extra money to go out and sign Al Robinson, all the different free agents they did, and then turn around and make the deal for Khalil Mack. So, you know, again, like the, the cash aspect comes in even with, you know, a, a set cap in the NFL and, you know, kind of going towards, you know, want, I mean, we're the same way, man. We're White Sox, man. So we've seen a lot of, a lot of uh, ownership crying poor, you know, I guess if you're an old man, it's probably the same exact thing. So that's kind of one of the things that you really wouldn't have to worry about in that situation because you're talking about a ton of added revenue from a year to year basis, just based on that stadium and everything that will come with it. But again, when I when I take the business aspect out of it and just look, you know, Arlington Heights versus Chicago, I, I can't I can't sit here and say I have an opinion one way or another because it doesn't impact me one bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Can can I just ask though, do you have an opinion, you know, of having, you know, a, an open stadium when it's cold out in the wintertime and say the Bears are hosting, you know, the Buccaneers in the playoffs? Do you think that has an impact at all? Or do you think, you know, retractable roof or outside, it's the same game no matter what? You know, I I think for certain West Coast teams, maybe, but I, I think the reality of it is, is there's so many teams now that that play outside and have for a while. I don't think it's as big of an advantage as most people do. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of tough because I, I would guess, and I could be wrong on this, but if it's a retractable roof, I would guess that they're going to have a hard time justifying you know, a game in December and having the, and, you know, having the roof right. open. Right. You know? That's what I mean. Yeah, no. And I get you. So it, it's, it's kind of tough, but you know, and it kind of goes back to, you know, it, it's kind of like the old adage, but it's all, oh, it's bare, you know, bare weather, bare weather. It's like, but the reality of it is, is really up until the last few years, the bears haven't played that well in November, December anyway. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that is <laughs> fantasy versus how much of that's actually reality. I don't know. Man. I, again, I, it's a good question, and I would be curious to see some numbers, and I'm sure that there's people that have researched the crap out of it. I'm definitely not one of them, uh, but I, I think overall, I think if you have the ability to go to a, a dome setting and, or you know, at least a retractable roof setting and be able to host different things, then I think you got to do it. One final question here, Aaron, and then we will uh, we'll let you go because I know you're a busy guy and you've got a lot of uh, stuff you got to do here. But uh, Roll Tide ninety three seventeen, who is also his name is Aaron. Uh, thoughts on Wims and Ridley? I'm, he's not convinced they were ever used enough or properly. Hmm. <laughs> well, you know that's that's going to be an interesting question. That, uh, you know, going in the camp because I don't know, man. I. I'm not a big uh, Javon Wims fan, you know, <laughs> that, you know, what happened with the saints, it's just, you know, the first go around is, is kind of one of those things where Javon Wims is not impactful enough on special teams to be making those kind of plays. And the reality of it is, is he's had multiple opportunities to contribute offensively and he just doesn't do it. The bigger one for me is actually Riley Ridley. I'm, I'm still confused. Obviously he was never the prospect that his brother was right. We know that. But at the same time, I mean, there were a lot of people that had him projected as a second or third round pick. He goes in the fourth round and he's going into, what is this, year three? And he still hasn't hardly seen the field. So that's going to be, that's actually one of the things that I have highlighted in terms of, uh, you know, just in terms of battles and, you know, how is this going to work? Because ultimately, I think what it's going to come down to is I think Wims and Ridley are going to be fighting. And I think, you know, unfortunately, Ridley is going to have, 
uh, you know, kind of an uphill battle because he's not really a special teamer. But I think when you look at what they added with uh, Marquise Goodwin and what they added with the Beer Bird, I think those are two guys. Those those are two established vets with speed. Don't play a ton of special teams, which may help Javon wins out. But I think that when you're looking at those final two roster spots, assuming that they go with six receivers, which I would guess that they will, I think those are going to be the, the kind of the names in the battle. I guess, you know, maybe Anthony Miller is a surprise cut. I kind of doubt that happens. But I think between either Ridley, uh, sorry, either between Bird or Goodwin, I think one of those is going to end up being your starting slot guy. Um, and then obviously they both have their own special teams value in terms of returning and stuff like that. But I think – Goodwin is kind of going to be more the guy that stretches the field. And I know the bears are looking for that. Demir bird has got very similar speed, but he's more of kind of a slot option. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I would say my personal guess would be if one of the guys between Ridley and uh, Wims have a better chance of making it, I'm going to say Wims just because of special teams value. But I, I think that both of them have their backs against the wall right now. And I think the bears made it very clear that they want more competition at the back of the roster with the receivers and, Frankly, I think they need to because I think that was kind of one of the things moving into last year is they just didn't have a ton of depth, and I think that really hurt them. And obviously, to get a better offense, you're going to need better receivers and you need better depth. And maybe uh, between Bird and Goodwin both being on one-year deals, maybe one of these guys can kind of stick a little bit. They can get a two- or three-year deal, a cheap deal out of them in the offseason, and they can have a little bit better depth. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think – I don't know. I, I feel like Ridley has not really had the shot, but I feel like Javon Wims has had too many opportunities. That's just my personal take. I know I know a lot of people that love Javon Wims, but I I just I, I feel like he's kind of run his course. And the only value he really has is special teams. Absolutely, absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Lemming for you all Thank tonight you. on this special episode of the Believe in Monsters podcast in collaboration, of course, with the entire Lounge Room Network. Aaron says, appreciate the opinions. Absolutely, Aaron. That is what we are all here for. Aaron, thank you so much for, for coming on, for joining us. You can follow Aaron, of course, on Twitter uh, at Aaron Lemming NFL. I think that's your Twitter handle. Please yeah, tell me right. Okay, man. good. Because I, <laughs> I was like, oh, damn, damn. I'm not going to remember. To everyone who uh, who joined in on the live stream, who dropped their comments, of course, we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so much, Aaron. We know again you're a busy guy, and uh, you know you're obviously you're you're free to go whenever uh, here. Uh, you know, and and uh, resume the rest of your evening. But again, thank you so much, sir. And you know, we'll we'll definitely be in touch, and hopefully, we can do this again soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, maybe the next time I won't have this uh, sinus congestion going on. And- <laughs> Easily is all hell and can't breathe. So again, thanks for having me on. Anytime you guys want me on, let me know. We'll make it happen. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thank you so much, man. Have a good night. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Guys, so I, I just wanted to uh to touch on on something real quick that that Aaron had mentioned. And I think there's kind of a lot of confusion about this topic. Um so I, I did see a video today. Um, from someone named Amy Dash, who's a, a, a legal expert for CBS Sports. And she was basically talking about the Bears stadium move. And what she had laid out was that if the Bears were to move out of the city of Chicago, the Bears would need to go to the city for naming rights for the name Chicago. So technically, the Bears do need permission if they move. Um, but the interesting part of this, in my opinion, is that many of these other teams who don't play in their respective cities, I don't think have ever moved out of their respective cities. So like, it's not like the giants used to play in New York city and are now moved to New Jersey. You know, they were always in New Jersey, but they asked New York for the naming rights. 
here, if the Bears are leaving Chicago and Chicago is mad about them doing so, they very well might tell them, we're not giving you the name Chicago. Go pound sand. Like, you screwed us over. We're not giving you that. So there technically is a possibility that Chicago could say, no, you can't use our name, and they are within the full legal right to do so. Um, and I think there's been some confusion about that. So I just wanted you, to lay that out there. Would you give up your fandom if they became the Arlington Bears? No, absolutely not. I'm just saying I, I think there's a little bit of confusion out there that people think it's they would automatically keep the name. It's sure they, they need they need to do something. I mean, the city of Chicago, if they knew the Bears were leaving, obviously, if they kept the name, they'd still get money for all the merchandise and things pumped out. So might not be their wisest decision to tell them that, but the name Chicago is not out of the water. I, I just wanted to put that out there because I think there's some confusion out there, and I, I hope that clarifies it. You clarified it. That was great. Um, <laughs> the one, uh, I really enjoyed that one. Thank you for getting, getting us set up with that. Um, one thing I wish we, we could have got, if we had more time, I wanted to ask, ask about the Eddie Goldman situation. I'm really concerned what we're going to do about that. Uh, goodness gracious. Is that a time for another topic or, or, or Luke, you got some thoughts on what's going to happen? I mean, I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Eddie, Eddie Goldman is well within his right. He was well within his right last year to say, Hey, I'm not playing this season, you know, take some time off. Um, but you know, sometimes that, that time off, you know, I'm sure he's had a lot of time to process everything, you know, his body I'm sure feels a million times better than when he was playing football. Uh, I think this guy, you know, he's he could very well be con- contemplating retirement and early retirement. You know, he's made a very good, you know, sum of money doing what he does. Um, and, you know, that year off might just be like, hey, I don't like football. I, I'm just this is pure speculation. But, you know, just that time off to think, I mean, really could give someone some perspective on what they want to do moving forward. I mean, Juan, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, do you do you think Eddie Goldman, you know, he had too much time to think and, and he could be contemplating something like this or man, this is you know, you never you never want to see uh never want to see Bears players uh you know go or or start, you know, the whole the whole conversation the past few days has been he's gonna retire, right? I mean that's at least that's what I've been seeing on right. social media. So obviously as a Bears fan, you tell yourself, you know, you don't want to see those players leave, you don't want to see, but there's so much in the air and no one even knows what's happening. I mean, you, there's so much speculation. And of course, with speculation comes all these assumptions and all of these false narratives. And who knows, you know, who, honestly, who knows what he's going to do? I, I would hope that he obviously stays and that he, you know, plays a full season and that he's with us. But if at this point, I mean, it's just so hard to tell, uh, and I'm sure Aaron Aaron would have probably had some more insight into that. We should have. I don't know if I don't. Rec- I don't think we asked him about Eddie Goldman, but uh, I'm sure if he would have gotten. No, I'm so that, that would have been more my last. <laughs> yes, yeah. he would have. I'm sure he would have. He would have given a lot more perspective into it. So, <laughs> well, what did you have to think about what he did say in the beginning about uh, how the Bears are going to probably put process over performance uh, this year with the, the quarterback transition? So. First and foremost, right? I obviously want Justin Fields to start as soon as possible. <laughs> okay, let's just let's let's just get that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> the the there's so much to analyze here, right? When it comes to 
the quarterback situation in Chicago, as has been the case for the past few years, right? Mike Lennon, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> we got Nick Foles. We don't have Nick Foles. I mean, all the Mitch Trubisky. So now we've got now we've got Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields. This seems to be a common pattern every single year, every single season, you know, at least in the recent, in the past recent few years that, you know, I personally have almost gotten like grown immune to it because it's like, I'm almost expecting uh, some sort of, of uh, competition or, or, uh, you know, not, not so good of, or not so much clarity with who's going to be starting behind center. At this point, just let it just just let it play out. We'll see who's obviously doing better. You know, even in the preseason, we'll get a taste of of Justin Fields and what he can bring to the professional uh, NFL scene. But it, again, there's 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 so much there, and I, I there was a point that was made with I don't I don't remember if it was if it was Luke or Joe or, or who who said this, but I think it might have been Aaron actually who said that Andy Dalton as a whole, right? And as a whole, you know, when it comes to co being a coach and a mentor for, for Justin Fields, I think that he's going to do a lot better mentoring Justin Fields than, than Mike Lennon ever did coaching and mentoring Mitch Trubisky back in, in 2017. Right. I think that's, I think that's an absolute fact. So We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I have I have high expectations. I think that, you know, but we'll, we'll, we have to let it play out. Yeah, I mean, just just kind of going back and looking back at what that both situations are. I mean, at that point in Mike Lennon's career, that was kind of a chance for him to revive his career um, and become, you know, live up to the money the bears paid him a, a ton of money uh, there's a siren in the background i, I was gonna say it. i don't know what's happening but i hope whatever's going on is, is good i mean i <laughs> I, don't have I, I live near a fire station so the, uh, <laughs> the sirens are endless here um but uh, I, I mean during that point in time you know mike lennon was uh oh, you know boy. he was kind of fighting for for to revive his career to become a starter and, and to prove you know what he was in the nfl I think at this point, Andy Dalton knows who he is and what he is. He knows his time is limited in that, you know, he's only got, you know, so much starter time left. So uh, for him, it, you know, his only option is to really be a mentor for Justin Fields where, uh, you know, Mike Lennon was out there to kind of to beat Trubisky and not let him get the job. So definitely different scenarios for sure. But uh, all in all, I mean, this is a pretty good situation for Justin Fields. I mean, you got Andy Dalton. You know, he's been around the league. He's a great guy. You see the reports about him and his wife taking Justin out to dinner. Um, I mean, as much as we hate on Nick Foles, he's another great guy. He's another great locker room, great mentor, um, great pro. So just those two in there. And then you look at Bill Lazor, uh, you know, John D. Filippo and Matt Nagy. Uh, Justin Fields is in a pretty good situation. You know, he's in pretty good hands uh, moving forward and kind of uh, being granted a very good opportunity to – have time and to eventually just succeed. I mean, Joe, what, what do you think about that? I think they kind of secured, they've wrapped him in this kind of safety blanket. That is, it's, it's great for him. I mean, it's, it's, if you're coming into the NFL, I mean, Zach Wilson doesn't have that. Let's be real. Right. And neither really does Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and, and, and maybe you could probably make a case that Mac Jones doesn't either. Uh, so, so you're looking at the rest of the quarterbacks, 
the Bears, I, I, I agree with Aaron Lemming when he said that uh, Andy Dalton is a much more capable quarterback on the field than Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon was, oh my gosh, he was awful. He was terrible. He, he was completely inept. I think that Andy Dalton will be able to uh, keep this offense you know, somewhat, somewhat going, you know, uh, to, to a degree, uh, serviceable for sure. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I heard, I listened to several different uh, reports from uh, the past week's uh, activities and, and camps and things like that said that, you know, Andy Dalton was delivering the ball fine down the field, really, really you know, uh, so I think that he provides the bears a pretty nice opportunity where they don't feel like, uh, you know, uh, you know, with, with Mike Glennon, he, he he was so inept that they had to turn to Trubisky. They, there, there was really no point in putting putting Glennon back out on the field. I think with Andy Dalton, he's going to be able to keep uh, at least the offense going enough to where we can just be patient with Justin Fields. And I think that's ideally the best scenario for a rookie. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lead the show, guys. This is your guys' show. I'm not. All right, all right. You know, it's like I don't want to be the one. Do you have any other takeaways to... from uh, from Aaron Lemming? Uh, he well, he did call us on the one call business hotline, and we appreciate <laughs> one call technology uh, for, for uh, supporting the show tonight. Uh, do you, Juan? Do you have any other takeaways from from the, from the interview or any other Bears the, topics? The, the only uh, the only other thing I wanted to comment on was the uh, the stadium move. Actually, so it was really interesting to hear his perspective on that. Of course, seeing that he does not, you know, he doesn't live in Chicagoland, right? And of course, neither do I. None of us do, for that matter. But just to hear about kind of what his thoughts were on making sure or ensuring that the Chicago Bears, if they do move, right, can get a stadium that can be multi-purpose for various events throughout the year. I mean, that's, uh, again, there's this, there's such a divide right now between what kind of stadium we want, right? Whether we just want it to be an open stadium, like the one that we have now with Soldier Field in downtown, we want it to be a, a retractable roof that will allow, again, for the roof to obviously open or close, depending on the elements outside. So just, again, just getting another perspective into this argument, into this conversation about what exactly it is that the Bears uh, could do if they move to Arlington Heights in a few years. Now, let it just be very known, right, that this move is not going to happen within the next year. It's not going to be something that we're going to be seeing a year from now, two years from now. This is going to be a this is going to be a thing that's going to happen five or six years down the road. They just put the bid in like a week ago, right? So right. it's still in its infancy stages. You know, we 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 have to look at that. We have to look at this whole conversation and have a perspective on it and say, you know what, we can have this conversation now. But who knows if it's even going to actually happen? I mean, that's just that's that's the reality of things, right? So, again, my my personal take on this though is I am all for the Bears moving out to the suburbs. Again, keeping the name the Chicago Bears, which I think they can do still, pending they go through the uh, the appropriate legal avenues to do that. But just having that accessibility for people and and for fans to come into the stadium to watch a game, to not have to deal with five hours of traffic in and out of the city. I mean, I think it would just be a win-win for everyone. And if they can incorporate more of those historical uh, features that Soldier Soldier Field has right now, I think they can. I think they can get away with that, and I think they can make a beautiful stadium, beautiful sports venue out in Arlington Heights. Yeah, no, I listen, I, I totally agree. And I just 
I feel like I need to clarify what I said because people, you know, at least my friends know I've been pretty adamant about the Bears not moving. And I feel like this is the divide between people who live out of state, which is me and plenty of other Bears fans I associate with. People actually live in Chicago like Juan's talking about. And Juan, you're, you know, you're pretty close to the city, so you kind of even know what they have to deal with when you drive to Soldier Field. So um, just from an outside perspective, as Aaron said, when you're going, you're flying in there anyway. You know, you're going to take a train, you're going to take a bus, whatever. But if you have to drive, I could see how that's hectic. Uh, you know, so obviously the location Soldier Field is on, in my opinion, is beautiful. It's one of the coolest spots, you know, coolest stadiums uh, in, in the league, hands down. Uh, to your points, though, Juan, they can do a great job building on this land of mm-hmm. incorporating kind of some of the you know, reminiscent parts of Soldier Field and incorporating it with new architecture, a bigger stadium, the whole nine yards. Um, great. That's fine. And I think I saw that Soldier Field now is built on, I think, 10 acres of land. And and this new venue is over, you know, three, it's a well over 300 acres of land. So, you know, Soldier Field is a mere pebble on what this property would be. I mean, they would build, this would be a mini bear city essentially if they were mm-hmm. to move to this racetrack they are how many so how many acres did we say over I, what was the, i think you gave I, a number earlier 396 i believe is the yes. number um which is just absolutely massive i mean like i said i think soldier field now is built on 10 326 is the number sorry um and, and soldier field now is built on i think 10 acres of land which is i mean that's just nothing compared to that so yeah you could build a bear's mecca essentially on this mm-hmm. plot of land um and Kind of to our points, I mean, what Aaron was saying is the Bears historically being strapped for cash, especially recently. This might be the McCaskey's last move before they sell the team. They're going to up the value of the team by buying this property of land and, and pawing it off to a new owner that they have this beautiful plot of land to build on the whole nine yards. And they're they're going to go out with some fat wallets and not have to worry about the team and, and everyone's happy. Uh, and to be honest with you, I mean, you're right. The Bears, you know, the lease is until the you know mid 2030s. No problem. They're going to have to build the stadium. It's going to take a few years. And from Goodell's comments today, it sounds like the NFL will probably bail them out of the rest of the lease. You know, if they get this built by 2026, 2027, I'm sure the NFL would front the cost of five or six extra years of the lease to get them into that new stadium and bring in that extra revenue. I mean, Joe, what do you think about that? Just well, from a business perspective, I mean, I know you don't like it. It makes perfect sense. It makes right. perfect sense why to do it. And, 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 if, and if your move is for the McCaskies, I mean, either way, whether you're planning to sell it or uh, just hold on to it and continue to up the value, like Juan said, it might it, it can become a mini bear city. Uh, I, I, I think it, it makes perfect sense. And, and uh, as disappointing as it would be to move off the lakefront, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the this is about dollars and cents it's it is a business you know we we all think you know it's all about, all about winning but it's all about dollars and cents and so i think that it makes perfect sense for them i think that uh the city of chicago needs to take this pretty seriously i mean what can they do about it though if you're if you're in a city you're kind of strapped for space i mean what what can you do to what can you do to kind of counteract this? That's a great uh, question. I'm not really sure. I mean, if there are enough, if there are enough uh, improvements that they can make to Soldier Field uh, to entice them to stay, uh, you, obviously, you know, you're not, not really going to be able to put it, put any more capacity into it. Obviously, uh, so it, I'm not sure what they would end up doing or what they could offer. Uh, ultimately, it looks like it's all there for the Bears to be in power there. 
outside of a you know is it possible i mean is it out of the realm of possibility that they completely demolished soldier field and just built a new stadium on that plot of land i i don't think so oh that i mean that would be the most ideal in my pipe dream world but i have no idea if that's possible juan do you know being closer to the city and if if that would be even be an option i mean the stadium stood there forever right which one are the uh, soldier field Soldier field oh yeah it's been there since what i think it was built like in 1960 if i'm not mistaken i think it was like in the because they used to play at wrigley Right. Uh, the Bears used to play up at Wrigley Field on the north side, and I think I think Soldier Field got built in the in the mid '60s or something like that. So, um, yeah, I you know it's <laughs> who knows. I mean, I again, I, I'm still on that whole thing where you know get them out to Arlington Heights and get them out there now because I am not. I'm so sick of of dealing with the traffic you know, going into Soldier Field and just even... I was there for the, the season opener and the 100th anniversary. Ugh. Nightmare. A nightmare. And yes, I am very well aware that we lost that game against the Packers. Don't get me started. I was there. I was yeah, that there. was a nightmare. Yes, so that's all I'm going to say about it because after that game, I was I was salty. I was angry. Went home. I was like, great. What a great way to start the 100 season. You know, losing, take a big fat L. So... <laughs> <laughs> now, Juan, being outside the city, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people talking about the driving. Why, you know, is there not a direct, you know, train route or bus route that could drop you off right in front of there? Or do people just not like taking that? What's kind of the deal with the public transport? Um, I, you know, I hear a lot of talk about the, you know, the driving. Is there something wrong with the public transport that people don't like that? Or it just takes such a long time. So, yes, public train. Okay. So, is it longer than for, driving, though? Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're getting comments in here. Bra- uh, Brady Schmidt, Bears aren't Bears ain't moving to Chicago. Uh, there's no Arlington public Heights. transport. There, yeah. I mean, excuse me, to Arlington Heights. Uh, there, is, there is no public transport to Soldier. Got to go off LSC. Okay. The Metro runs to Chicago. Okay, you can mm-hmm. catch the Metro. Northern Illinois, even the Southern Wisconsin line that goes up to Kenosha. uh, It's there. It's all there. Once you get to Chicago, though, (laughs) that's where it becomes a bit of an issue. So you can grab an Uber. You can grab a cab. uh, Depending on how bad traffic is on that particular night, let's say you're there for a Thursday night game. Traffic's already a nightmare because it's obviously rush hour coupled with a Thursday night football game, Lakeshore Drive, you probably have backups, you know, horrible backups on Lakeshore Drive. It's so, it's, it's, it's just hard to get all the way down there. I mean, it's, I, I can't, I can't even begin. I can't even begin to like, to think about how bad of a, of a nightmare of a drive it is. I mean, it's so bad. Uh, (laughs) Chicago is just one of those cities that it is beautiful. I love going. I really do. But the traffic will literally make you age 10 years in your car. It is so bad. The Kennedy Expressway is awful. And uh, here we go. The first troll comment of the night is from Nick. It's so bad. It's as bad as your takes. Okay. Well, you know what, Nick? Yeah, this yeah. is this is this is the wrong show for it. You can you can troll me on my on my on point discussion show, not not on this one because deep 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 inside, I know Nick agrees with this. Traffic is horrendous. 
and I will die on this hill <laughs> for right. the rest but, but of like, my life. What, what I'm saying is like, what? <laughs> so the traffic's bad. So mm-hmm. what? You know, what is the deal with taking the train and the bus? I mean, is it equally as bad as the traffic? Slightly better? Like what? Well, I mean, if you're on the, the, I mean, well, if you're on the bus, you're still gonna get stuck in traffic. All right. Know? So what? What is like, the trade-off with taking the train? Yeah, but there's, yeah, exactly. the train. There, there is no. Tra- so there is no train that goes all the way to Soldier Field. Okay. Oh, yeah, so okay, you, but it's a, it's about a mile walk that you walk. You know. Uh, I think I think it's a little bit further than a mile. I would, or, be, you know, but it's not you know, that but bad. Still, I mean, but still, okay, but but why? Okay, but but okay, but here, so here's the thing, then, though, but you you really want like I I I think it's an inconvenience. All right, I think it's an inconvenience that like you get off all the way at uh, a Union Station or whatever, and then you have to walk like a mile and a half all the way to the stadium. You know, it's like, why can't it just be right there? Like, why can't it just be an easy access off and on the train tracks? You so, go in, you watch the game, you catch your train, you go home. Right. So building off that, what if that's Chicago's proposal? What if Chicago says, hey, we'll fix the train line. We'll put it, we'll dump you off right at Soldier Field's gate. Well, I mean, you're not, but okay, but that's implausible though, because there's no room. Yeah. There, I, there, I, there's no, there's no room. I mean, you can't like... Chicago is literally one of the only stadiums that you are actually playing in downtown of the, the the downtown of the metro, the city. Can you think of any other stadium that actually has their fans going straight into downtown to watch a football game? Like seriously, like I mean, think about that for a second. Like, is there actually any other team that has well, that? I know with the with the the Philly sports stadiums, I mean, you, you get the the basketball and hockey stadium, the baseball stadium, the football stadium are all in the same complex. Uh, they're they're right they're right in South Philly, but the transport literally drops you off. You take the train down to the city, and then there's a sub that literally drops you off in the parking lot. Like the the last stop is AT and T Station, drops you off in the parking lot of the stadiums, and that's how most people choose to go to the games. Um, so, it, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's directly in the downtown. I mean. You're you're probably right. I, there's probably not many that are directly in the heart of downtown. Let's probably let's, not. Let's talk about. Let's think about this for a second, at least. Okay, so uh, let me let me actually. I'm going to take a step back real quick and just correct myself. I was in Minneapolis about a month ago, mm-hmm. right? and it just happened to be that I drove past U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay. Uh, it's where the Vikings I, play, right? If, yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. If I recall. And if you're watching in the live stream, please correct me. If I recall, actually, U.S. Bank is pretty close to downtown. It's not in downtown, but it's almost it's 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 in there. All right. I've never been to Ford Field in Detroit, but I I think Ford Field is pretty close to downtown as well. Um, Chicago obviously is in downtown. It's kind of how Nashville. Yes. Green Bay. Green Bay is not in downtown. They don't play in, in Green Bay. They play in Ashwabanon. Uh, so more time? it's called Ashwabanon. Yeah, so we have a, we have a lot of we have a lot of names in Wisconsin that are uh, that are Native American derived. So uh, Ashwabanon is one of them. Uh, I'm not gonna spell it, Nick. No. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yes, I have, so I've seen three out of the four uh, NFC North stadiums. I have got to see Ford Field, but I think Ford Field is also close to downtown. Now, obviously Detroit is a lot smaller than Chicago is, and I get that. So traffic flow in Detroit isn't going to be as bad as uh, traffic flow in Chicago is. 
the thing with excuse me the thing with the 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 stadium placement in chicago also is the fact that you really only have one road that will get you in and out of that stadium and that is lakeshore drive you either go north or you go south and that's it right because if you start going into actual like the actual uh downtown streets you're going to be in a gridlock forever you're not you're going to get it's going to take you hours to get out of there right Lakeshore Drive is your only viable option. I mean, that, 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 that's it. Whereas in a lot of these other cities, right, in, in Minnesota even, I saw, there's plenty of streets that will go out. You know, there, there's, there's plenty of streets. Whereas Chicago, you can only go in one direction. You can only go west and north. You can't go east because you're going to hit goddamn Lake Michigan. Unless if you want to go swimming, <laughs> feel free, you know. But you can't, you can only, you can't, you can't go out in 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 chicago you have to go either one direction or the other direction or you have to go straight west and that's it that is what makes that is what makes soldier field so complicated it's geography whereas if you were to go to arlington heights or anywhere else in the metro for that matter it can be anywhere honestly i don't care where they go they just have to get the hell out of downtown right if you're in arlington heights you can hop on 53 you can hop on i-90 which is the the jane adams tollway you can hop on 294, the tri-state. You can hop on any of those roads, Higgins roads out there. I mean, I'm just I'm just naming off random roads in, in the area that I know of. They'll all get you the hell out of Soldier Field if you if they were to move out there. <laughs> so that that is why I am so adamant about them relocating because it's about accessibility, and it's about making sure that the fans are able to get to their stadium, where their favorite team plays in a lot easier fashion. That's what I'm all about. If they want to do a, a retractable roof, if they want to leave it open, I could I could care less, okay? I prefer it just to stay open, like the Soldier Field that we have now, like Flambeau Field that's up in Green Bay. I prefer that. I like outdoor, uh, I like the outdoor elements better, personally. Same with baseball. I'm all about having an open stadium in baseball. But I just need them to get out of downtown Chicago because it is not working. It is not working. It's difficult, and parking and getting there is atrocious. So, that's that's really that's that's my whole thing on that. Like I'm not, you know, I don't. That's it. I I, I have nothing else to offer on that argument. I just, they just need to get out of Chicago. I mean, out of the out of downtown. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what they end up doing after that. Yeah. Well, we got that. I, I, I didn't mean to go off like that, but it's like it's like. No, this, you know that, this that whole adds argument. some perspective to yeah. to our to our kind of our thought yeah, process here, just, Lana. It, yes, <laughs> but honestly, to me, like again, as an outsider, the view to me is priceless. Like as an outsider coming to Chicago, it just I don't comprehend the traffic somehow driving in it. So like to me, the view is just like you can't replace that with you know better traffic or you know better traffic patterns or whatever you know more seats. It just to me the view you can't you can't beat it um but again from an outside perspective i maybe see one game a year who am i <laughs> um and but, but again I, I mean we see the comment you know the the roof with the final fours the big 10 championships the super Sorry. bowl Took that uh, oh, there it is there it is okay <laughs> yeah um just to my point to that is i feel like most bears fans like 
it's cool to have your city host them, but how many of those events are you actually going to? You know, we talk about the Super Bowl. Most people are not going to be attending the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, like it, it's cool to have it in your city. You're, you'll be guaranteed one. I mean, the Vikings had one. I mean, the, the Super Bowls are going to keep rotating every 10 to 10 or so years. So you're not going to get them too, too often. Most people aren't going to go. I mean, that it just to me, that's not like that shouldn't be a deal breaker. But at the end of the day, business is business is going to make the Bears more money. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I don't care about the Bears making money. I I just think <laughs> football should be played outside. But that's my that's yes. that's my opinion. Absolutely. Joe. Go ahead and wrap it up, man. I think Absolutely. it's, uh, I think it's time for us to get out of here. <laughs> big thanks to you for setting the whole thing up. We uh, had Aaron Lemming on the show tonight. And, you know, we want to make sure, you know, big, big thanks for him to Aaron Lemming to joining the show. Uh, and it was an awesome time. So uh, this was the, the this episode of the uh, Believe in Monsters podcast is always brought to you by One Call Technology. And uh, we are a proud, proud member of the Lounge Room Network and want to thank Juan, the president of the Lounge Room Network, joining us tonight. And Luke, thank you for joining joining me tonight. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I'm going to be wearing this like until uh, <laughs> until, the, <laughs> until I can't wear it anymore, until it falls off my back. Make sure you follow Lucas Berry at LBerry underscore 40. Follow Juan at BearsFanatico94. Follow our show at, uh, at Monsters Lounge. And I am at Joe Gaither 6. And uh, – for Juan, for Lucas, and for Aaron Lemming, that's, that's, that's it for the Believe in Monsters podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.